What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 8 to 14, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 17th year of marriage. So yeah, I'm in the thick of it, the adventure of fatherhood. I am working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fatherhood matters. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace the fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and to have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is John Eldridge, and having the opportunity to talk with John was such a gift. John's books, Wild at Heart, Fathered by God, Beautiful Outlaw, and Captivating have shaped my life tremendously. I mean, I read Wild at Heart right out of high school. His work in restoring Christian masculinity is amazing and critical for our world. I learned so much in talking to John, and I hope that you will be able to sink into the conversation and take the nuggets into your daily life. You can check out his work at wildatheart.org. Please enjoy and share this episode with a fellow father. John, welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes. How are you today? Yeah, thanks, Ned. I, I'm well. I'm looking forward to diving deep with you. Yeah, as I you know, really thought about our time together, it's funny because I've read your books. It makes me feel like I know you, you know, and I've learned so much. I mean, I read Wild at Heart, you know, just coming out of uh, high school, going into college. And so it's interesting how, you know, the timeliness of how things have shaped uh, me, your stuff. So to be able to sit down and talk fatherhood with you is uh, just truly an honor. Yeah, thanks. Likewise, I'm stoked about what you're doing. And, and leading guys in probably the most beautiful mission on earth. Yeah, fatherhood, I feel, you know, is critical. It's the, it's the most amazing opportunity that we have as men to really have an impact on our world. And so, um, yeah, so that's what Rebellion Creates about. And so I'm looking forward to talking. So to jump right into it, I'm just going to blast you with a few questions. So not everybody might be completely familiar with your work. And so I'm going to ask you some questions just about you. Um, how old are you today? I am 60 this year. 60 this year. Nice. We, that's, that's awesome. And how many years have you been married? 37. Wow. Wow. Thank you. I've always told my parents the greatest gift they've ever given me was that they figured it out and stayed married. Right? It, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's huge because 37 years is an incredible amount of time. And really, that is just the greatest gift that you can give the world to show, especially in a climate like we're in today, right? Where it just seems as though opposites can't uh, figure out how to work together. Um, but as God does, I'm sure you're just not this special couple. I mean, you are, but you know what I'm saying with this is that you figured out a way to make it work and you submitted to the idea of marriage. And yeah. so thank you because we yeah. need that tremendously. Yeah, we're not we're not very special, yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 what made it work, Ned, was we finally admitted our mutual brokenness mm. and and took that seriously and um, went and sought our own healing. Yeah, 
And we continue to pursue that even now. Every year, we're, we're trying to become more wholehearted people. And then you don't bring all that stuff to your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. We're celebrating our 17th year of marriage this year. Whoa, way to go. Yeah. So it feels like a lifetime. So when I hear 37, I go, wow, the the intensity of what you know at that point is just got to be just amazing, the continued growth. Yeah, it is. It is. And, And you don't ever get to the place where you coast. You know, because life keeps changing, right? You got the little ones phase and then you got the teenagers phase and suddenly you find yourself empty nesters and then you got to figure life out again and you got to figure yeah. out marriage marriage again. The kids hide a lot. Mm. The kids yeah. can hide a lot, you know, in a broken marriage. Yeah. So how many kids do you have? We raised three sons. They're all in their uh, late twenties, early thirties. They're all married. Okay. Yeah, really, really great young men. And you have grandkids at this point? Yeah, we've just started into that. So we've got little ones. We've got little ones. We've got a four-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn. Okay, so yeah, you're really they're they're not messing around. You got some 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 grandkids in there. That's awesome. How fun. fun. How fun. Um, Okay. So as you think about, let's ask this two ways, you know, when you think about first becoming a father and, or now becoming a grandfather, what are some resources that have been good for you? You mean other than the presence of the living God? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, but you speak on that for a moment, you know, because we have people all over the board who are listening to this. Yeah. Um, you can't master enough principles. Mm. Life just has too many curveballs. There's there's something unique about your situation. You might have like a high needs child or or you're you're not able to conceive right now or you know just everyone's situation is so unique and you might be a little older as parents, you might be super young and you have your kids really close together or or you have a 6-year-old and suddenly you're pregnant again and you're like right. what? You know. Right. And so here's the idea that um, that God offers to walk with us, and, and and there is a there is a way to tap into His kindness and His counsel, where you just don't have to memorize every book on parenting you ever read because it's so unique. It's it's like yeah. what do I do in this situation? What do I do in this situation? And, and it's great to have wisdom, but I, I'm really I'm really convinced it's what saved me over the years is just pausing to ask God, like even with educating our kids at one point, we had all three of our sons in a different school Mm -hmm. and it, and it was because they're unique and, and their needs are unique. And and we had to pause and ask and not, I just wanted a cookie cutter. I just like, no, come on, man, let's make this. Are you kidding me? The morning is going to be chaos. Like let's get them all in the same school. You know, one drop off, one pickup, and but as we as we ask God about it, we, He really said, "No, you know, this son's unique, and he needs yeah. this." And yeah, so I wonder if that's almost the point, right? So as soon as you you know you got the toddler who's you know being a turd, and you go find the book, you go find somebody you fit, and you get the answer. As soon as you get the answer, then they moved into a new stage, and then you're asking questions again. So you know, maybe like you're saying, that's part of it is God's 
desire for us to, to trust him and rely on him. It keeps us where we're present with him, you know? Yeah. And it also takes the pressure off. Like you don't have to be brilliant. You don't mm. have to, you don't have to get it all figured out. I don't have it figured out right now. Like we, we went through a super hard thing with, with one of our adult sons this, this last summer. And, and I, I didn't know. I'm like, do we call? Do we not call? Do they need space? Do we intervene? Mm. You know, should we just go over to their house? And, and because they had kind of shut us out. And, right. um, and, and it was only by pausing and just asking, Father, what's your counsel? What do you say? That we were able to navigate a pretty tough and pretty unique situation. That's so beautiful because, I mean, in the moment, it just, it still feels heavy and hard at times. But like you said, the freedom, it gives you this sense of freedom to just take a breath, take a pause and go, I do not have to have this all figured out. And I think that's probably the moment when things start to feel a lot better, whether they're figured out or not, right? Because you're letting go of you having to be the one. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, your kids will pick up, the older kids will pick up on that pressure. Like if you're feeling a lot of pressure to be amazing as a parent and like do everything right, your kids will pick up on that pressure. Mm. And the message is to them, you're subtly saying, you need to, you need to get everything together, man. You're making my life too hard. Mm. You know? So if you've got, if you've got some room to not have it totally together, you're actually giving the people in your house room to not have it totally together. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. When you think of the father, how do you define the role of the father? Well, that changes over time, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, that's such a good question, Ned. Let's, let's riff on that together a little bit. Um, love, love comes first. Um, you know, I think earlier in my life, I would have said something like, not discipline, but guidance. Mm. I think I would have chosen something like guidance, but now I see that love comes first. Uh, you know, both sons and daughters, the core need is to know that their dad adores them. Uh, so love. And, th- and then I would just say that oh, there's that beautiful line in kingdom of heaven where Balian comes back to his father and, and the father says, we can find out together. Mm. That, that there's something about, um, I will walk with you through this, whatever this is. It's it's homework, or it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend. It's it's a learning disability. You know, we can find out together. Like, I love how you said that because I would tend to say guide, right? So I would start with guide, but then that again goes back to what we just talked about a minute ago, where it almost puts the pressure on me to have all the answers. It does. And if you're starting with love first, then guide, I don't have to have all the answers. You walk with them through that. Yeah. Yeah. Because their, their mm. first need is not guidance. Mm. Their first, their first need is love, love and delight. And, and I would add really critical is playfulness. Mm. Like you want a playful household. You, you want a household where play is um, celebrated and it's spontaneous, you know, so it's breaking out in the Nerf gun wars or it's suddenly you're playing hoops in the house or it's just, there's a playfulness to it. And because then when the discipline and the correction comes and it needs to come, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not saying it doesn't need to come, you know, 
Um, the father is not primarily buddy. And, you know, there, there is a time for correction. Yeah. So what's and, that balance? What's that? Di- I hate the word balance in a sense. What's the difference there between buddy, playful, and now it's time for discipline? Because you're never, you're never trying to be primarily their friend. Mm. You're, you're primarily their dad. And dad is full of love and dad is full of play, but dad's still dad. You are a higher ranking being Yes, (laughs) in the house. And and so I think, you know, where I get tangled up is when I really want their approval. Ah, yeah. And, and, And see, that's that buddy thing. Like, do you like me? Am I doing okay? Do do you approve of the way I'm parenting? Oh, that gets messy. Like that's really good because as men, we want approval, but approval from our kids isn't the place that we want to get it. Right? That like, I mean, this is we could get into this, but yes, we want approval, but the, our kids aren't a place to get it. That's really good. Not primarily, you know, right? Of I mean, course, yeah. Of course, you want reciprocal love. You want reciprocal enjoyment. You want your kids to totally enjoy hanging out with you. Yeah. That's that's why playful is so important, you know? So what would you say to a dad who's just, I mean, bills are tight, work is tight, I'm giving it my all, I'm coming home at six. What's that transition to go, man, you just need to take the edge off, you know, f- for a minute, not by you know, having something that you have to do to take the edge off, but training yourself to then go home and be playful. You have any thoughts around that? Oh yeah, a couple of easy things. First off, when you pull in the driveway or you get off the bus or or you get off the metro and you're walking back, that you've got to release your day. Hmm. Because if you bring your day with you in the door, you're going to be a really distracted dad. And, and you're going to be half there, right? And then you're going to be more easily irritated at the chaos because you're walking into chaos. Come on. Like households with kids is chaos. And um, so I, ha- I pause. I lay my head down on the steering wheel. I- I'm honestly taking 60 seconds, gang. This isn't like big, deep stuff. I just, I, I leave my work. I let it go. And, you know, the emails I know I still need to send and the meeting that I should have scheduled and all that, I have to let it go so that when I walk in the door, I can be present, right? I'm here. You have my attention. Um, And so that's one. But I would also say to the dad who's like, whoa, maxed out and, you know, go for a run. Mm, Yeah. You, You actually, you... One of the things you want to model for your kids is um, soul care, that, that you do things so that your tank is full. And where's dad? Oh, he went on a run. Or what's dad doing? Oh, he's, down, he's downstairs listening to some music right now. He'll be, he'll be back in 15 minutes. You know, you do things that help you not be so fried. Because yeah. the world, the world's getting everybody spun up, right? The goal of the world is to get you completely spun up, and so I have to do things deliberately, like music or run, or you know, to not, to not, um, just to get my soul back. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, that's really good. And I would, uh, as you're talking about it, it's like any guys listening, you know, I challenge you on what is the soul care that you're doing and making sure that it is actually soul care and not uh, just a distraction, you know, which I think you talk about in your, your last book, you know, not just skimming Instagram or Facebook as like a, as like a, just a pause. That's not really a pause. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not soul care. I'll guarantee you social media is not soul care. Video games are not soul care. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. it's nature, it, it's physical movement, it's beauty, it's things that bring you life and, and guys mm. are unique, you know, whatever brings you life. And uh, for me, it's a walk in the mountains with the dogs. We live near a green space. And so we, you know, we live in a typical suburban neighborhood, but there's usually parks or green spaces or something. And, so we can get to some green space and take a walk and I'm a better man for it. 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm yeah. not talking two hours. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. Um, all right. Well, this podcast is fatherhood field notes, you know, and I just sit down with incredible fathers like yourself and they just open their, their field notes up and we share some life together. And uh, the, the idea behind it all is, is rebel and create. That's kind of the mantra. And this came to me in 2015 when uh, some some life goals that I thought were going to happen didn't happen. And I was looking in the mirror going, oh, who am I? If my identity isn't coming from this, where should it come from? And realized that the desires I had in my heart to feel wanted, needed, respected, valued, loved, leave a mark on this earth could all come from my God-given role as a father, you know, and, and, and really embracing that role. And I decided, you know, I want to rebel against the status quo for fatherhood, want to rebel against the idea that my identity is from out there somewhere else, and then create the life that I felt God designed for me. So that's rebel and create. And it could be applied to something huge, like I'm rebelling against what the media says masculinity is and creating this, or I'm rebelling against sitting on my phone at dinner time to create, you know, better family meals, you could go anywhere. When you think about your life right now, what is something that you're rebelling against and what do you hope to create out of that? Well, <clears throat> we're living at a pretty rough moment in human history right now, right? I mean, the pandemic and the economic and the racial and all the stuff, the political. Mm. So, so this is a pretty rough moment on yeah. human humanity. I, I think what I'm rebelling against, Ned, is um, hopelessness. Mm. I'm rebelling against hopelessness. Um, no way. No way, man. Um, and therefore, what I'm trying to create are opportunities for people to heal. Mm. Uh, because the soul is pretty hard hammered. I mean, honestly, just think about it for a minute. Like, take away your normal, keep you in constant uncertainty, do a bunch of stuff to fill you with fear, you know, bombard you with all the negative news and stuff. Walk around in a world where everyone's wearing a mask, so you can't even see people's faces and their smile and mm. their humanity, right? The, uh, uh, and then, and then take away from you everything that used to be. Um, life-giving, you know, kind of your normal. You don't have your normal anymore. That's what they do to prisoners of war when they're interrogating them. <laughs> like, this is a rough moment on the human yes. race, okay? Yes. So I, I'm looking for ways, I'm rebelling against hopelessness because it sure looks like a, a real crap show out there. And I'm, I'm looking to create opportunities 
for people to heal. Hmm. That's beautiful. So break what that about to me. You? Right now, right now, oh, okay, what, is, what, is Ned re- what is Ned rebelling against and what is Ned creating? This is good. What I'm rebelling against is having all the answers. So like even right now, you know, like I've been in sales, I'm 37 years old. I've been in sales since I was 20 years old. I go in a room and I can say what I need to say, not lie, but I can say what I need to say to, to, to get the business and I can have the answer. Yep. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm rebelling against is always having the answer. Um, always. So with that is always thinking when you're speaking. So always thinking about, okay, what's my angle? What am I going to say to you? That go with my kids, that go with my wife, that go with with conversations that I'm having. I'm rebelling against having all the answers, which means that I am creating space in my head to listen better, to really hear you, to be present. Now, what's crazy is, is I mean, this is what I want to talk about too in a moment, but you know, I feel as though God has me in this space where I'm I've I've told my wife there's been some hard days where I feel as though like a lizard shedding his skin right now and transforming into this next level of this man that I'm called to be. Um, and, and just about three weeks ago, I sat with this guy. Um, we just had got paired up and, and we were, I had, and, uh, for like 15 minutes to, to share. And I had never sat with somebody who was so present in listening. It was just, I could feel it. I could feel it. And in our car, at the end of our car, I was like, wow, what have how have you gotten to this? Cause there's clearly something different going in your mind. Like you have zero ego. You're not thinking about what you're going to say. You're not trying to sound smart or anything. And so that is what I'm rebelling against. Um, because, wow. yeah, because I really want to create like great relationships with people and, and great relationships with people isn't going to come based on who Ned is as far as, you know what I'm saying? It's going to yeah. come based on having real conversations with people and slowing down. Yes. Yeah. Well done, Ned. Mm. That's a that's a huge shift, especially for a guy with a career in sales. It's yes, it's tough. And it's but I when I, you know, like my oldest daughter's 14 and and just this weekend we're all together and she's telling me something and she's like, Hey dad, are you listening right now? You know? So for her to know that she has to call me on it to check and see. And that breaks my heart because yeah. the fact that, she, you know, and later I'll go, man, your 14 year old daughter wants to talk to you. That's right? gold, baby. It's gold, man. That. So yeah. do not, do <clears throat> not screw that up, bro. Uh, yeah. Cause if you're not going to listen to her, some other boy <laughs> will listen to her with different motives, or even if he doesn't have different motives, I want to be the one, yeah. you know? And so being in tune with that uh, is just critic is just critical. Yeah. Well done. Well done. So let's jump, let's jump into my question, right? So in a sense, this isn't my typical, uh, interview because I, you know, you are the sage in my, you know, you're the, the expert, although you would say you're not the expert. And when I think of fatherhood, I think of manhood, right? It's this position towards life. So I know you put out a book this year and you, you have great books and things we could talk about. And as I'm thinking, okay, if I have an hour to sit with this sage and talk, you know, what, what am I going to get out of this so that then the people who are listening to rebel and create 
are going to get something too. And I thought most of the men are in a similar age range or similar stage of life, you know, cause they're following me with my, me and my kids. My kids are ages seven to 14. I've got a seven year old. Oh, she's eight now, eight, two 11 year olds, a 12 year old and a 14 year old. So five kiddos. And, um, so a lot of guys have the similar, so I thought, okay, I'm going to ask a question around where I'm at so that they can grow too. So with that being said, I'm going to give a little preface and then, and then jump into it. The last four to six months I've been stuck. I use some air quotes around this stuck in chapter seven of your book, fathered by God. Okay. Probably my second time through it, but I'm in chapter seven. And if you looked at it, it's highlighted in two different highlighters and underline. Okay. So it's been kind of going through it. Right on. And so this chapter for everybody is on King, right? And so the idea behind this book, and maybe you could give us your summary, but it's, it's talking about the stages of manhood, right? Yeah. So from boy to cowboy, to warrior, to lover, to king, to then sage. And I would say that I'm in the transition of trying to move into a king. And I would say that most of my, the dudes listen to this are like me, where they're kind of stuck in some sense in the cowboy warrior lover stage. Okay. They're yeah. somewhere kind of touching all of those, um, but haven't quite mastered the moving into the, this king. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't even have called myself a king until this year because I'm always like, Jesus is the only king. I'm a servant, uh, which is just probably some prideful, hum, humble bull crap in my head. <laughs> right. 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 So before I go into my question around this, maybe you could just talk briefly about the book because it is it nine years old now. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it was 2000. Uh, uh, okay. I don't know the date. 2009. Um, Maybe you could talk about the book just for a moment so people know where it, what it's about, and then I could jump into my question. Yeah, I wanted to follow up Wild at Heart with more and offer mm. some, some more guidance on what does the masculine journey look like? What are, the, what are the phases that we live in and learn and then pass through? And so the way I mapped it out in the book is from Beloved Son into the cowboy stage, which is kind of the young, you know, it's the teenage young man years, uh, into the warrior, uh, young man, late teens, uh, into his 20s, who's got a mission, a cause, he needs a battle, um, lover, learning to be a lover, and, and not just of a woman, but it's the awakened heart. Mm. Uh, and, and those phases, each phase has its own unique needs and lessons that are being learned. Um, and those things lead up to a more wholehearted man, not fully wholehearted, not to, but a more like fully initiated man into the stage where he is a king. And you're right, you're right on time. It's kind of late 30s, early 40s, where more and more is being entrusted to your care. You, you have people whose lives depend on you, on your choices and, and your lifestyle. And it may be, you know, you, you got kids, so you have a family, you have a kingdom right there. You are, yeah. you are a king. But also you might be a coach, you might teach a class, you know, you're in middle management and you've got some reports, some direct reports to you, or, you know, you, you got your own company, started your own thing, or, you know, you're a king now. You're moving into you have influence and your decisions are beginning to really affect people's lives. So 
So that's kind of the king stage. And then you live in that through your 50s and somewhere in the mid 60s, 60s, mid 60s, you kind of move into the sage uh, stage, the elder wisdom, life experience, who's not supposed to retire to Fort Lauderdale, by the way, or yes. Palm Springs. And I'll, t I mean, that to me, just to take a little tangent is just such a critical moment we're at in our, in our current state of, of, of our world is we're so missing that, you know, we're so missing that. And I go to this story of, I was at a Verizon and I saw this older gentleman, maybe 65 to 70 walk in and just saw this 23 year old guy just roll his head and eyes. Like I'm going to have to talk to this idiot. Right. And, and, and just this idea that because of technology, it seems as though we look at that, we look a lot of times at an older generation and not think that they have anything to offer us, completely yeah. missing that there's so yeah. much we need to gain. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, you probably have an opinion <laughs> on this, but it seems as though that's why we have this boy stage lasting so long. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, yeah. We, we have extended adolescence way into adulthood because we don't know what it means to mature. We don't want to mature. And mm. because we don't, we don't have fathers and mothers, you know, spiritual fathers and mothers, they may not be biological, but um, men and women that you're looking to and leaning into for wisdom and strength. I'm thinking that little 22 year old punk ass, yeah. like the, be the best thing that kid could use is 30 minutes with a 70 year old man. Oh. Are you ki kidding yes. me? Yes. Right. Yeah, so those are kind of the stages, and and each stage has a unique set of needs and and developments and stuff. But but you want to focus on the king for a while. So let's dive into that. Yeah, because I think that's where a lot of guys are. So just to start off, you know, page one fifty eight, I have this highlighted, and this to me is really almost the mission statement for Rebel and Create. So much of why this fatherhood work matters to me is is you say the reason for many of our miseries upon the earth in these days is that we have lost our kings. And and when I think as we jump into this conversation around kings, it's it's almost like the same kind of meaning as fatherhood right? Is now as a father, I have these, this responsibility, these resources and something you say in here that I just, because when I look around at homelessness and human trafficking and, and, you know, no justice, all these things, I think these people all had fathers, like fathers were supposed to lead homes and they just didn't do it. Maybe because nobody told them to or whatever. So that means a ton. And then the thing that you say in here that I've said to a bunch of people the last couple of weeks is, the and only question you need to ask yourself is what's life like for those in your kingdom? Oh man, that is huge. If you asked yourself that daily or weekly and then opened your eyes, that's huge. Right. And you want to take it a step further. You ask the people in your kingdom, mm. what life is like under your leadership. And I wouldn't recommend this as a dad to younger kids. Cause mm -hmm. that's kind of like heavy and what? But, yeah. you know, but a 14 year old daughter, you could ask her, hon, what's it like to have me as a dad? You could ask that. And then be ready for whatever she says <laughs> to not be offended. Yeah. Right? Because that's the point. You don't want to be offended and then, and, oh, then, man. and then make a move, you know, then, then take it in. Are you ready to change? Right. So that'd be the question. Yeah. Is Ned ready yeah. to adjust? Yeah. Yeah. My and life. some of what some of what a 14-year-old might say, you kind of just <laughs> take 
You take with a grain of salt. Right. You know? I want my phone later. Yeah. In the you know, <laughs> you're, you're not lenient enough. I want to be out with my friends right. later or whatever, but, but you will get some valuable data. Um, do you know how much I love you? Are you aware of that? Do you, are you aware of how amazing I think you are? Because love and delight are the first core needs, especially of a little girl. Right. Um, the boy, it's love and validation, which is a little different. It's for the boy, it's you are so powerful, right? Because he wants to know that he has what it takes. He yeah. wants to know. Yeah. So it's it. But those are the, you know, so to ask them, do you feel that from me? Do you know how much I delight in you? Man, as you say those two words, I would just really challenge men to pause and and at some point in the next week to go, the word love, we hear it so much, but the word delight, we don't use in our daily language, probably as men either. And I think it's just such an incredible word to think about with your spouse or your daughters and to and to just make that part of like asking yourself do i delight in them and how do i delight in them and then the validation for your son those are huge that's huge it's huge because it doesn't matter how much time or money you really have i mean you could do those two things in your week you can make that happen if you get rid of some distractions and ask yourself yeah yeah and guys i know i know i feel it already there's the oh crap like I'm already screwing it up, all that stuff, right? Mm. Like I'm already behind the game. Um, and, and what I want to say real quick is this, that um, each new stage of fathering is going to reveal in us the unfathered places where we need fathering still. And, and yes, you are a father, but you are also a son. Mm. And you have a father who cares very deeply about you. And, and we can bring those unfathered places. Lord, I am so angry about this. Or Lord, I feel so completely clueless on what to do you know, with my son's depression or whatever. I don't know, I don't know, God, what are you saying? Like, let him father you. Just because you're a father doesn't mean you stop being a son. Hmm. It's so powerful because you hear men at every stage of life. Like we would think, you know, oh, I'm 18, 19, 20, 25. I'm a man now. I don't need to be fathered. But even when you speak of your own father, you have a feeling of him no matter what age you are. And I still get validation from my own dad. I want him to like the stuff that I do and approve and validate that I'm a man. And and there's this desire in us. And, and regardless, like you're saying, of your own father on earth, that desire is for your heavenly father is what you're saying. It is. It is. And, and, and we are unfinished men and that's okay. Hmm. I mean, nothing like parenting is going to flush <laughs> your unfinished places. Right. Uh, and, and that's okay. That's okay. That's where you invite your heavenly father in to like actually father you. I need fathering here. What is that? What is, can we talk about that for a minute? So what does that look like? You know, you're turning into God and you're saying this and maybe you don't feel like you're getting an answer or what, whatever. I mean, you've probably been asked these kinds of things forever. What's your response to that? <clears throat> well, um, first off, he will speak. 
<clears throat> and he will speak in a language you can understand. So if you're mm -hmm. not open or ready yet to actually hear him speaking to you, he'll use something. You you know, two nights later, you'll be watching something and, and suddenly it jumps off the screen at you and you go, OMG, that is, that's God. He just talked to me or, or you, you know, you're suddenly it's a song you're listening to or it's, or it's this. You know, it's you're listening to a podcast, you're having coffee with a friend, and something comes out and you go, Whoa, there it is, there's the answer. So God God knows how to get to you. He can get to you. But you do want to over time, and this is back to the very first thing we were talking about, you want to over time cultivate your ability to recognize his voice. Mm. Because there's nothing that substitutes for that. And here's the problem. Okay, so um or not a problem here. This is something that's going to solve a, a, a hurdle for a lot of guys. So we come to God with a question, you know, should I refinance the house? You know, we've we, we got a question that needs an answer. Do I pull, do we homeschool this year? And, and you don't seem to get an answer on that. Well, oftentimes it's because he wants to answer a different question. Hmm. And so when I'm not hearing an answer to the question I'm asking, I ask, is there a different question? <laughs> is there something else you'd rather talk to me about right now? Because we get so fixated on the thing. Yes. No, do we, re yes. is this do we refinance? Come on, this is the month, you know? And what he wants to say to you is, I think you're doing a great job. Hmm. I really love you. I really love the way you're handling your wife right now. He may just want to say something like that. And it's actually the thing you really need to hear more than you need the answer to yes. whether you should refinance the house or not, right? So if you're not getting an answer on the question you're answering, change the question. That's beautiful. And and goes back to the simplicity of all of what we're talking about, right? Nothing you're talking about, like you said, the very, it's not, you don't have to have all the answers. It's not super difficult. It's just, you kind of okay. got to get over yourself. Yeah, you got to be open to being fathered, right? Mm. You just gotta be, you gotta be open to it. And, and, and gang already, just that sentence has pissed a lot of people off who have listened to this, right? Be, okay, well, there you go. There's the action. Why are you, why are you so angry at the idea uh. of, of being fathered? Oh, now we're back to, you know, you feel betrayed. You feel on your own. You're ticked at your dad. You're, you know, okay, well, that's where the action is then. That's where God's working in your soul. And I think it's such a good position as a father. As, as you bring this up, I, I know that everybody here wants to be a great father, right? They, right? they want to be a great father. And sometimes the best way for you to be a great father is, I mean, really by working on yourself. And And sometimes you might not want to get over yourself, you know, like, I'm okay being miserable. But do you want, I don't want my son Brody to be miserable at 37. So it's like the work I do on myself is going to help this, my son be set up for more success, you know? So finding that reason why I'm going to go to work on myself, not just, yeah. not just for me, but for my legacy, my kids, my grandkids. Yeah. Oh, look, your kids read your mail. Come on guys. Like yeah. children are incredibly insightful. And if you're bullshitting your way through parenting, they, they know it. They know it. So you might as well stop faking it. Yes. And and, and heal your soul, man. Deal with your stuff. Mm. 
Ah, it's so good. Okay, so then I think this might dig into my question. So I'm going to give you tee you up a little bit on this King stage that I I feel like I'm tiptoeing into because I feel like other men are doing the same. But I'm going to use it as a store. I'm going to share something that I journaled in my journal this morning to kind of lay it up so that I think guys can cool get where I'm going. Okay, I love to surf, so I would call myself a surfer. I live three hours from the ocean. This weekend I went to the ocean. And I have the surfboard. I have the right wetsuit. And we go out on Saturday morning and Sunday morning, me and my brother. We paddle out in the freezing cold water. It's 7 a.m. You know, you do the whole thing. You wake up, you check the surf report, you go get your coffee, you, dr- you drive to the ocean, you, you paddle out, and then you sit and you wait. But I would say that I'm sitting out on the outskirts. I'm sitting on the outskirts. I'm not going to the right spot. I'm not really surfing, right? I'm going to catch a few. They're going to come to me, but I'm not really, I'm just, I feel like I got to earn the right to get out there. Okay. So while there's, there's the dudes out, you know, there's the dudes out there who are just, you know, I mean, they, they can't count how many waves they've caught while they're out there. Me, I can. Right. So yep. I, I can call myself a surfer because compared to 95% of the other people who aren't getting in the water, I'm a surfer compared to the 95% who don't have the board of the wetsuit. I'm a surfer. So I share this to go. I so badly want it. When I compare myself to others, I am that, but I know that I'm not actually riding that wave as often as I would like to be. So now I'm relating that to being a king and a father. If I compare myself to others, I'm doing fantastic, but I know that I'm not in fully in my groove as a king. I haven't fully embraced it. And so here's where the question lies. Do you just take it, right? So do you just take it or do you have to earn the right? Because what I'll say is in the just take it, I feel like I'm faking it and I can't stand the dudes who are faking it. But at a certain point, almost back to what you said about talking to God is, is you might not know if he's there or not, but you just ask the question, which is almost like leap of faith or faking it until it happens. So does that make sense? I thought the story would kind of help tee up the uh, the idea of the king and the father. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the difference is, is this, um, Ned. You, if you were trying to be a big wave rider, you'd be faking it. Yeah. So you don't do dumbass stuff, right? <laughs> right. You don't, right. You, 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 you know, I'm talking about in the King stage, like you don't, you know, mm. cash in your retirement and die by a donut shop or whatever, because you're going to change your future without getting some wisdom and some counsel and your wife's input on that. And right. You don't just do big, dumb stuff, but you do have to jump in. And so you're out there, you know, and, and you, here comes the next set and you go, I'm not great at this but I'm not gonna get great at this if I don't try, right? So you jump in, you jump in, you, you, you take reasonable risks, you, you enter into it. And, and, and like back to parenting, the reasonable risks are things like, how am I doing? <laughs> Asking the people in your world what it's like to live under your kingdom. Yeah. That's, a, that's a risk, man. Yeah. But it's not like a crazy risk, you know. You're not saying, "Hey, we're selling the house and moving to, you know, Myanmar," uh, without any kind of counsel or direction or confirmation, right? So it's not you're not faking that you're a big wave rider. 
you're admitting I'm an okay surfer, but I really want to get in the action. I want to get better at this. So the only way to do that is get in the action, right? What, where, where, okay. So now let's make it very real. Yes. Um, you are aware of needs in your family that you are avoiding. Hmm. Why are you avoiding them? Come on, wow. guys. Fess up. Maybe I don't think I have the answer. Exactly. Because if I go there, I could be exposed as not having what it takes. Mm. And that's what I want as a man is validation to feel like yep. I have what it takes. Oh, of course you do. And that's Gosh, a good that's longing. Heavy. But here's the deal. You can't wait because the need is now. And so love compels you to enter in not knowing how it's going to go. And then when it goes south, is it really going south then? Like the fears that I have about the need? Is it, you know, meaning, I guess I'm teeing up like, am I learning from my mistakes then? Sure, of course. Of course. But also when it does go sideways, that's when you become a son again. And now it's 10 p.m. and the kids are to bed and your wife's watching something and you go out on the porch and you say, Father, what the heck was that? Mm. I, I need you to father me. I feel about 10 years old right now. And you see, that's when you're a son again. And let him interpret. So much of what's going on is allowing God to help you interpret what's happening. Because you might write something off as a total failure. When you go, no, no, man, that was bravery full tilt. That was totally courageous. You, are you kidding me? You jumped full tilt. You, you jumped in. That was amazing. So some of it, why then do we tell ourselves the story? Um, just I'm tumbling under a wave or through trying to meet that need in my family. And I come up out of the water. I come go on the back porch and I'm like, you're such an idiot. Don't ever do that again. Versus the other story of, Dude, you you went and you tried. That was gnarly. I am going to do better next time. Yep. Yeah, because here's why. Because most of us were never the beloved son. You, you got to go mm. all the way back in our own story and say, we missed key things in our journey. And mm. now that we're kings, there's still part of us that just needs to know we're the beloved son. We just need to hear our father say, I love you, and I think you're amazing. And, and there were parts of us that didn't get developed in the cowboy stage. We didn't learn to take risks. And mm. so now we're learning to take some risks, and we're developing some of those cowboy skills. And, and then the warrior stage, right? And, and so much of the warrior stage is learning to battle the lies, right? The stuff that assaults you and says, you suck at this. You're, you're a terrible dad. You, there's never going to be enough money. You're, you're going nowhere fast, man. Like you got to learn to fight that stuff. And, and that's the warrior. And maybe you didn't learn that in the warrior phase. Well, okay. So we're learning some of that now. You see what I'm saying? Like, yes, God is, yes it's not ever about one stage. God is still fathering us in the places that need kind of shoring up and and that's why we tell our, you know, in the current moment, we're telling ourselves a narrative, but we do need to stop and pay attention to that mm -hmm. narrative, right? I love how you said that in the war, like that's part of the warrior stage is to to pause 
and and to pay attention to the narrative you're telling yourself and be able to step back and go is this true and why do i think this and it's in most times the the lies we tell ourselves isn't true and that us men want a battle to fight but we don't always think about that that's a battle right there the battle for your own heart is Uh, always the first battle hmm. and it will be to the day you die fellas this is live ammo I wish there was some place we could all just go learn and get whole and get strong and then then live life. But we're in it. And and the enemy is real. Yeah. And his lies are brutal, man, because there's a grain of truth to them. And learning how to identify that. And and here, I mean, there's a real quick one here. The your father's voice will never sound sarcastic. And it will never sound condemning. It will never sound cynical. And so if you're getting hit with cynicism, sarcasm, ridicule, contempt, I, that's easy, man. That's straight from hell. So it's easy to decipher that lie when it's those things. Yeah. Because it's not nurturing here, you. Oh, man, here's the simplest test in the world Jesus gave us. He said, you shall know it by its fruit. Mm. So you just look at the fruit of it. You go, I'm totally hammered and I'm utterly discouraged. I just guarantee you that's from hell. Look at the fruit of it. And, and if I don't try again, you know, I, I tried to talk to my teenage daughter. She rolled her eyes at me and, you know, made it clear that she didn't want to talk. Um, you got to be really careful in that moment of the interpretation of the narrative, right? You go, well, I'm not trying that again. Well, what will be the fruit of that? of you withdrawing from your daughter's life. It will be terrible. Yes. Right? So you go, oh, that's from hell. I can look at that right now and, and go, that's from hell. Hmm. So good. So as men are hopefully digging into this and really wanting to embrace who they are, the step is really to know that they can be in any of those stages and be growing in any of those stages. And is that the way of the King is, is the way of the King. You don't have all the answers. You're still this teachable human being and you're still growing. Exactly. So is there ever this feeling that you have arrived? No, no, but there is a confidence. There is, there's a growing sense of at each of the stages, there's a confidence hmm. uh, that we're growing and and we're maturing and we're becoming stronger. And um, and for the king, I would say it, it's the the big shift at the king stage is the shift. Um, I'm going to offer you my strength in love, regardless of how this turns out. And it really gets the focus off you. It really and, and and there's a there's a good way to hear that and a bad way to hear that. And 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 you matter and you're deeply loved by God, your heart and soul. We were talking about soul care earlier in the podcast. If you're not caring for your soul, you're gonna burn out. You know. Yeah. Um, that's not what I mean. What I mean is we do make choices. Um so here's a this'll be fun. They're, they can't see the video on this, but you can't. So here's this little tag that I have on my desk here at work. This is where I serve. Yeah. 
And that, what does it that mean? little, well, that little reminder, this is where I serve is when I come in here, there are a group of people now under my care, right? Mm. I have a, I have a kingdom and, and I am here to serve them. And we are here to serve a cause. And for us, it's healing, healing people's lives, healing men, healing women. Um, and it just, it just reminds me that the king stage is a stage of sacrifice. It just is. And, and I don't mean sacrifice to the point that you're totally burned out, cooked, fried, and you got nothing to offer. I don't mean that. But let's say your daughter rolls her eyes at you. Dad, I don't want to talk right now. You know, you go, okay, love, that's all right. And what you do, the king comes back the next night and he risks it again. And that oh, night she says, I, dad, I'm, I'm cramming for this exam. I can't right now. You know, go, okay, love, that's all right. And then he comes back again the next night and he tries it again. You see, love is persisting. The king is choosing to love. And the way that you're, the way that you're finding the strength to continue to come back is that you're not doing it for your own validation. You're not doing it for what you're getting out of it, which like you're saying, that's the transition into the kingdom is it's no longer yep. about you. So when you say it's yep. no longer about you, because yep. so much, I mean, of what yep. I do is I feel so selfish. Like if I really look at, I'm the master of my calendar, I'm the master of my time. Sure. All this, see, even that, my sure. time, my calendar. Sure. sure. It's that transition of moving just away from that. A little bit, a few steps at a time. Yep, exactly. That's right. That's right. When Augustine, Augustine was um, a monk in North Africa in a fellowship and he loved it. And then they asked him to become bishop of all of North Africa, and he wept. Hmm. He didn't go, woohoo, corner office, I'm killing it, right? Six figures, I'm the man. He's like, oh, dang, this is gonna require so much of me now, but I will do it because the people need me to. And so hmm. it's not about you, you don't, it's not about your happy little kingdom, right? It's not. It's not about making a groovy life for yourself. It's just not. You know the um, example. So I had a I had a killer elk tag this year in Colorado. I cashed in all my elk points, ten years of elk points, and I drew this archery tag in this really phenomenal unit. And this this is a place where you're almost guaranteed that you're going to harvest like a really big bull. And I didn't. We got slammed by a snowstorm, three days, freezing temperatures. It was brutal. You're we camped at 12,000 feet. It was, it was brutal. Wow. And then, and then rifle season came, and one of my sons, uh, 31, young family, lots of needs. For him to get away for a couple of days is like unbelievable. Yeah. So he's got, a, he's got a rifle tag, and, and we're going out, and I'm helping him. I'm 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 hunting with him, but I'm really kind of guiding and and helping him. And he gets a, he gets a bull. He 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 kills a great bull. I am more happy that he got that bull than that I would have got one. That's the king. That's the king. 
I'm here for you. How do you fully live in that stage? You, you don't. You only take a uh, step at a time. You, you can't. You, you can't. We're all in process, right? We're, we, are, we are under renovation. Every single man is under renovation. So you just live into it. What's my assignment today? What does love look like today? Ah, uh, it's so good. It's so freeing what you're saying because it just keep going after that wave, right? If you just do it every day, every day, yeah, every day before right, you know it, you're right. riding and you're still crashing sometimes, but now you're riding more than you're crashing. And exactly. And there's always there's always growth. And that's the fun of it, right? It's it's mm -hmm. not about the arrival, it's about the journey. And so to go, guys, we just had this hour conversation and you're like, oh my goodness, this is the tip of the iceberg. And that's really the point of this is, is then we get excited and we just go digging and exploring and, and yep. applying it to our life with yep. no end in sight. And that's the beauty of the king. And then one day the sage, which we desperately yep. need. Yep. Um, oh, right. John, this that's has right. been so, so incredible. Yeah. Hasn't it been? I've loved uh, it. I love it. Fun. I love talking fatherhood and to get to talk to you and to, to just kind of, explore this idea of King was really fun and really yeah, helpful. Thanks, Ned. thanks Ned. So I'm going to ask you my final question then. Okay. My final question, as you think about your sons and your grandkids, let's just use your grandkids as an example. Let's say 25 years from now, you're peering into the homes of your grandkids who at this point, some of them have their own families. What's the legacy that you left? What is it that you see in their homes that they're living out that you know your words and actions day in, day out is influencing what those families look like? The heart is central. Hmm. That they are a household that first cares for, fights for, treasures one another's hearts. It's not about behavior. It's not about performance. It's not even about excellence. How's your heart hmm. is, the, is, the, is the kind of question that gets asked very freely and easily in their homes. And they know that their hearts matter and they are more wholehearted because they spent time with me. Hmm. Hmm. So rich. Puts it, puts it's, a a, it's a different way of life. It's a different way of life and it changes your perspective going into your day, into your rhythm and the way you live and yeah. the, the legacy you're building. You're paying attention to your resources as a king, your stewardship yep. of your time, your money, yep. your presence. Yep. Uh, John, uh, I so appreciate you, the work you're doing, the work your team is doing. Um, continue to share your life vulnerably and transparently with the world. And, and thank you um, for your influence on all of us men and, and the men that we become, especially a lot of men who, who didn't have somebody to invite them into manhood. And that's what you've done for a lot of men. And, and uh, at the same time, didn't sacrifice your family, um, which, is, which is beautiful and critical to see. Um, so I appreciate the work yeah, you've done. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ned. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. I hope to stay connected to you and, and continue to learn from the work you're doing. I'd love that. Thank you, John. Let's stay in touch. 
Well, that was truly amazing and such a gift to be able to talk to such a sage. How freeing it was to talk to John. I mean, you and I are here because we are growing in our fatherhood role. So for him to say, hey, you're always in process, you're continuing to grow, was a gift to hear from John. The question I'd like to leave you with is, what is life like for those in your kingdom? You guys, if we make this question part of our life, and we're willing to pivot and shift based on the answer. Those who are in our kingdom and the way that we feel about how we're loving and serving our family is going to continue to grow in such an incredible way. And that one day you and I can be a sage like John. Hey, you guys, every Monday I put out this Fatherhood Field Notes podcast interviewing great dads. If you're interested in a shorter podcast, I put one out every Friday. It falls under Rebel and Create, and it's called Craft of Fatherhood, where I might have a topic I'm talking about or discuss a question somebody sends to me. So, so check that out. I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. If you enjoyed this, I ask that you please write a review. And if you know a fellow father, please share it with him because it's up to you and I to invite men into their role as fathers. Nothing is more critical for our world in the times that we are in. I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.